From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Ben Birkenbein. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Tim Leonard. Hey, we got a guest in the studio with us. We got got two beards and a clean-shaven face in here. I'm the clean-shaven face. Yeah. I feel like left out. Uh, grow a beard. Yeah. Okay. It's a club. Well, right, we meet. Fine. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I just shaved like yesterday. You know, uh, I had I had I had let myself go for I the like weekend. I like the beard. You you rock a good beard. No, I don't. You had one last summer. It was I, good. Sometimes I. All right, this is off topic. We don't have to talk about my facial hair. <laughs> We're talking about collectible card games and probably living card games too, right? CCGs and LCGs. Yep. So and- we've been. Oh yeah, we invited Tim uh, in here. So Tim and Joey, you guys know each other. I know Tim through me, Joey, basically. So uh, you want to introduce yourself? Just say a little bit about how you know this guy over here. <laughs> well, I went to journalism school with Joey. Um, and we joined the Beard Club together. <laughs> we joined the Beard Club together, <laughs> no. where we found out about our mutual love of board gaming and card gaming yeah. in general. And uh, I wanted to come in here because I'm a huge fan of collectible card games. I love the the system of building a deck is hugely entertaining to me. I'll like stay up for hours, come up with an idea and then just tweaking Perfecting it over it, time. Yeah. yeah. I love all about, I love everything about that. Well, so, and that relates to Ben's brand new hobby. What, what, what it's, it's like a, like a, like a, what do you call it? Let's call it a quest. A quest. It's Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it an epic adventure. Ben's new adventure into, into Twitch streaming. That's right. I'm now uh, streaming on Twitch. So you can follow me at squigs. HS. That's yeah. S Q U I G G S H S. And and the reason you're doing it, you're you're playing Hearthstone, which is yes, an, a collectible card game. Collectible sure, card, but game. it's digital. Yeah, that's right. Did you play Hearthstone? I did a little bit. It's. I feel like collectible card games have this arc where I get really excited at the beginning. I get all the cards. I probably spend more money than I should on them, mm-hmm. and then eventually they settle into you're you're just kind of programmed you don't you're not making a ton of decisions it's just every move is kind of thought on advance and that always kind of and then you burn out on them i feel like that every card game every collectible card game has that that kind of a life cycle tangentially i'll just say that like that is the case for a lot of gaming for me it's like you spend so much time so much time building a character or, or starting a career or building that deck and like trying to grind and get those elements and then once you get it it's so exciting for a little bit and then you know that that thing is good, and when you play with it, that's it's great, right? But then it just falls into that pattern, you know. And then you're like, "What's? I just need a different deck, or I need to do something else. I want to see what other kind of mechanics are possible in this game." Mm-hmm. And sometimes the most, the best deck is the most boring. Most boring, <laughs> right? Like, yes. In fact, I was just going off about this on my stream last night. There's a specific uh, deck right now in Hearthstone that is just. I won't play it just because, like, I recognize that it's probably one of the best options to play, but it's so boring and it takes so long and it's, it's uninteresting. Like, and... Yeah, lots of control stuff where you're just trying to like hold off your opponent and just like, you know, kind of win by attrition. You know, right? So, so what what drew what drew you and draws you to card games and stuff like that? I think it's that deck building process. I mean, I remember, I still remember when I was like nine years old and I would spend my allowance money on magic cards and I would come up with this idea and then I'd go to the store where you flip through the big binder of things and pull out your individual cards and like that whole process of inventing something that is yours, Mm -hmm. right? You're not, you're not taking a strategy. You're not playing a role. You're creating what you want to play the game with. It's Mm -hmm. very constructive it's like almost a creative process where you're like and i'm always the person that likes to come up with 
the dumbest idea and then try to make it work. There is yeah. a there is a new game out on the market called well it was originally called Auto Chess and then it changed to this game called Dota Underlords. Um, and I've been playing it a lot with Tim. And I remember we were playing a couple weeks ago, and you just like you picked like the dumbest, like the worst strategy you could do, and you made it work, and it was hilarious and stupid, and you ended up winning. Right. And then they patch it, and, <laughs> and they, it doesn't work. Yeah. Anymore. And then they change the game, and then yeah. like yeah, it doesn't work anymore. But it was. I remember we were just had this like this evening where we were playing this game, and I was laughing so hard because I was like, this is the dumbest <laughs> thing, and it's working well. And I think like that's one thing that's nice about these like games like this and card games and stuff like that is like it it. You can have these really interesting mechanics. They're built really well. Whoever makes these games like has to think like way in advance, like how everything works together and how not one thing is going to be the end all be all. And they obviously have to patch the game or in Magic's case, they have to kind of just be like, Yeah, these cards aren't allowed anymore. <laughs> right. right. The restricted list. Yeah, but I love yeah. I love that like they, that camaraderie or something you get like with your friends and you're playing it and you're like oh my god I can't believe this is working and you're getting like frustrated but then your friends like it's working this is hilarious and you, you have this this great moment yeah it's something you can create that is uniquely yours mm -hmm. like nobody's gonna build the exact same deck although with the internet you know now it's, now it's, now it's often, just google it it's like formulas it's just recipes for stuff yeah, yeah. do you ever like feel like you just want to make your own deck then from scratch or do you like always look some up so i always looked them up just because part of at least hearthstone too and it's i mean i'm sure it's the so same it's well it's so competitive number one but it's also like if you don't know what the current meta is like you cannot effectively explain what that means so the meta would be like understanding um, kind of the recipes for success across all different classes or just whatever the other, what it's basically trying to predict what your opponent is going to play, mm -hmm. right? So if you know what the, the the kind of classic recipe is for for one of the successful decks, so if you run up against someone in when you're playing ladder that it's playing warrior or whatever, the warrior class, you could say, okay, I'm either playing this type of warrior deck or this type of warrior deck. And that knowledge is what really sort of helps you remain competitive and kind of predict what your opponent's going to do. This is why I don't like these kind of games. It's like, I just can't bring myself to like every month, like look up like the tiny, tiny tweaks and then be like, okay, so everyone's changing their deck to this type because of this. And I, I, I don't like the, just the cutthroat competitiveness of it sometimes. Like I, when I play games, although as Tim could say, sometimes they do get a little heated. <laughs> um, for the most part, it's pretty chill, and I don't really care who wins or loses as long as we're having like a fun time. I love seeing really ridiculous ideas work out, which is why Tim and I enjoy playing this game called Innovation, where like mm. you can create infinite feedback loops and stuff like that, which is just makes me laugh. And so I, I love seeing kind of the nuts and bolts behind the game. When I can start to see like what the thought process was in making the game and how genius it is, that's like when I get into this stuff. So uh, I know that we've actually, we had a previous episode where we talked about collectible card games. Oh, no, we talked we about card games, card games writ large. So we talked about like Euchre and Cribbage and other yes. types of games as well. I but talked about Yu-Gi-Oh! And and, and that's right, Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon yeah, Pokemon what, as well. I, I was, I'm a little too young for Magic, you know. Well, it, like, no one's too young for Magic, right? But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but when I was a kid, it wasn't until high school I didn't get into it. So here's where I was going to go just because, so if you'll indulge me just for a second. So mm -hmm. do you think Magic the Gathering was like your first game? collectible card game that you got into for sure mine, yeah. mine was pokemon and i'm just i'm just gonna i'm just gonna like probe that a little bit so what what set like what era did you come into magic <laughs> uh fourth or fifth edition edition got it yeah okay. which i don't know what year that was exactly but it would have been like late 90s yeah late 90s maybe even 
I can't remember. I just fifth edition would have been later. That would probably have been post. Uh, that would have been twenty first century. I think. Okay. Yeah. Around that time, I remember because it like but you guys were... are you guys are the same age for, for oh yeah for oh okay great right. yeah. for uh, <laughs> for reader reference. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I guess the reason that I was thinking about you know the whole, this whole conversation about like the meta of a particular game, like Magic has that, but one of the things that's interesting about Magic is that they they have different ways to play the game so you can play like the Mm -hmm. what do they call it like legacy where you just play you can play anything they have different terms now but then there's like standard which is only the current stuff so it tries to weed out people that just have these really powerful cards Mm. um there's the same thing exists in hearthstone but um i'm not sure that other games have that or if they have that same kind of like set model where they're bringing new cards well i i think anything that has that exists for more than like four or five years you have to because it's impossible to keep track of the combinations that will arise out of taking a card that's 10 years old and pairing it with a card that just came out and developing these insane strategies so they have to do rotation in order to become stale otherwise it becomes stale and becomes impossible to balance. Sure. Right. Like card interact like there are cards from the first couple years of magic that would be ridiculous now if you played them. Mm-hmm. They would be absolutely like but at the time, you know, it was a brand new game. They had no idea the power of the things that they were Creating. coming up with. Yeah. And, and that kind of leads nicely into kind of another reason that you, like we brought you on is to talk about uh Android Netrunner. Android Netrunner, which the is best the- the best collectible card game yeah. in existence. Hot I take. will go on Hot record. take right so, there. Tell me why. Uh, Netrunner, I... Kind of give us the history. You give it, oh, yeah, yeah. Netrunner's an interesting game because it's by the same guy who did Magic. So he created Magic in late 90s or early, early 90s. 90s yeah. And then he created this other game that kind of fizzled. It had the same model as Magic where it's collectible. And it was all about... It was set in this cyberpunk future. All of the words are from Neuromancer and all those what cyberpunk. Neuromancer is this, I don't remember the name of the author, but it's William Gibson. William Gibson, there you go. Yeah. Um, like the seminal book of cyberpunk, like the sure. Bible of, of cyberpunk. It's actually where the term cyberspace comes from. Okay. So we get cyberspace from Neuromancer. Yeah. yeah as well as other things. Cyberpunk like, for, yeah, and again, even pulling out even further, like cyberpunk is like a like an aesthetic. <laughs> sure. It's, it's a theme that people can play with. So there's like a lot of like, uh, like, uh, 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 there's like a new video game coming out called Cyberpunk 2077, yeah. and, and and it's or like if you've heard of Steampunk, it's like that but more futuristic and and stuff. You can look at um, what's what's it, what's it's, the movie uh, like the Cyberpunk movie Blade Runner? Blade yeah, Runner. Blade Runner. I yeah. Could, yeah, it's basically like a film noir or like detective stuff took place in like a dystopian future where there are like androids and and other sort yeah. of hybrid beings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't be further from Magic the Gathering. Yeah. I feel like sure. Richard Garfield <laughs> sure. was like, I want to make a game that is the exact opposite of the one that I just did. Yeah, mm-hmm. And so he came up with this system of, it. it's different in almost every single way. So instead of Magic, it's one-on-one in Netrunner, you're playing asymmetric games. So you're playing against somebody, but one person is the evil mega corporation hmm. and the other person is the renegade hacker so that's like the the system that's set up between these the two players so i think he was just like i want to create this game that is super different and fun and he's this math guy that likes to create these interesting systems but i think poker was like his other big 
inspiration for the game because hmm. magic it's it's calculated there's str- there's strategy but the big element that netrunner introduced into the collectible card game genre is bluffing there's a legitimate mechanic where you're looking across the table from your opponent and you put a card down on the table face down that's one of the aspects of the game and you just look at them and be like guess what card this is <laughs> you can come access it and it might be points towards winning the game or you might die and there's a lot of bluffing like that in the game and i think that is another one of one that's of the really things that cool. it saves it from that normal ccg glut of pure strategy right. right having a perfect deck and everything always works out and um yeah it's it's one of my favorite parts about it the other part being the flavor i absolutely love i i magic's okay i fantasy i mean it's it it, it gets generic yeah, at and, a certain point, and I feel like there's a lot of there's probably a lot of cyberpunk stuff now too. I would say but, there's less cyberpunk than there is fantasy, though. Yeah, Game of Thrones kind of kicked fantasy into overdrive, <laughs> and everybody's and now everyone's fantasy. like angry about it. Yeah, everyone's like, we don't want this anymore. And there's something cool about cyberpunk where it feels like it could be real. You know, <laughs> like nothing about fantasy. It's fun, you know, cool stuff. But there's always like a little bit of cyberpunk where it's like hey, this could actually be what the world is like 100 years from now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like in the Android Netrunner universe, these mega corporations have taken over to the point where they're bigger than governments and they run the entire universe. There's like the four different corporations that you can play as. One is like the the super space exploration mining company that has tons of money. That's like their thing. There's a Bioroid company, think like Tyrell Corp or something mm. like that. There's a cloning company that also has like experiments with psychic powers. And uh, a news company is one of the ah, corporations. I like this. Yeah, and they they each play differently based on that background and sure. what they what they control. So it does a it does a really good job of integrating the flavor into how you play each individual corporation. Hmm. When when we when we talk about Netrunner, would you consider it a collectible card game or a living card game? It's it's different. It, Fantasy Flight has come up with this different system called living card games, which means instead of having to buy a ton of packs and hoping you get the cards that you need, you automatically get three copies, which is the most that can be in any deck, of every card when a pack comes out. So you buy like 60 cards at a time, and of those 60 cards, it'll have three copies of every... So you never have to buy individual cards. You'll have... Everyone's generally on the same... Huh. Right. I right. have every single... Up to a certain point, I have every single Netrunner card that I would need to make any deck. So, how, how many cards is that? Oh, <laughs> hundreds? Yeah, I mean, it's probably... It's well, 20 or 30 pounds of cards. I don't know mm. how much that is. Well, and that's kind of how they get you. Right? That's how they monetize. They just keep adding new stuff until they make money off this. Right. Until it Until died. Until it died. Yeah. Which, you want to talk about the death of it? Well, it's kind of sad. They they ran into a problem that a lot of card games run into where they kind of, they for the longest time, they never wanted to have a restricted list. They're just like, we're going to fix balance problems by adding cards. And hmm. they after about four years, you know, there's people talk online about, who ended up designing it and it kind of got thrown around to people who maybe shouldn't have uh, been designing games, but it eventually they introduced cards that led to really degenerate strategies. Mm. So like the base game Mm. is really fun, 
but they introduce enough cards that let you get around playing the base game that you just it's kind of like what you're talking about with hearthstone where Mm -hmm. it's like the whole point of the decks were to not let you actually play the game and then just wait until you lost from some like arbitrary turn count or something like that yep and so uh I, i think i think this is purely speculation that sure. Fantasy Flight didn't want to rebuy the license because it was it was licensed from Wizards, who makes magic and who mm-hmm. made it back in the day. Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast, yeah, mm-hmm. who who make magic and um, and make an ungodly amount of money on. Oh it. yeah, sure. <laughs> magic is still the by far the biggest collectible card. Yeah, game. and it's kicking into another gear now that they have their digital like digital online version, platform. Which you've yeah, been playing right. Yeah, I played it a little bit. It it has the when you play online, it has the same thing with Hearthstone, where like every once in a while there's an interesting decision, but a lot of times it seems to me that I'm just playing the one card that can be that mm. is the right move, yeah. and maybe I'll win and maybe I won't. Mm. Yeah. And so uh, the the online magic. I mean, if you like magic, I'm I might not be good enough at <laughs> magic to understand the complicated decisions that are being made as well. Yeah. Um, but so Netrunner died. Um, because they didn't get a renewed license, and so they kind of just stopped printing them. So it means you can buy every Netrunner card that is ever going to exist and have a complete set, and it's still a great game. You can still play it. Uh, There are people online who've created like kind of a community around taking the cards that exist and saying, this card shouldn't exist. It was bad for the game, so we're taking it out and trying to find that perfect balance of, of... what to keep in the game are you worried about hearthstone doing like hitting that wall eventually ben some people have said that hearthstone is hitting a wall right now i've, and he- I've heard that it's already hit I yeah mean, like, i think i think it had its reckoning it, moment like a year ago yeah it depends on who you talk to but some people are saying that it either has or like some of the even the hearthstone streamers i i'm pretty sure are being paid to now play magic instead <laughs> um and so magic is trying to get them to like draw attention to magic some people are still doing hearthstone and magic um but Anyways, I guess I could. The point is not for me to sit here and defend Hearthstone because I've only been playing for like the past year, right? I haven't. Does it ro- is there rotation in yes. Hearthstone? There yeah. is, yeah. And we actually we actually just went through a big rotation, so um, that was the first time I experienced that. And so, like, a big part of my collection because I started off just with all the stuff that was current um, was no longer playable in the standard stuff. And some people were like, "Oh, well, you just hold on, hold on to those because you can still play like the wild mode, which is like." Any anything, but I just disenchanted all those cards. You you, you sold them I, virtually. It, <laughs> I didn't I didn't even sell them virtually, but yeah, you basically you can just deconstruct them. You like get rid of them. You like put them in the trash, and then they give you like more dust to build new cards. Recycle them. And so I did. I ended up like twenty more than twenty thousand points of dust to like build new cards for like the new meta, right? Mm-hmm. So I could get like you know rare cards or legendary cards or whatever for the from the for the new stuff that's up. Well, and I think that's a good thing. Like. People a lot of times I think get salty around rotation times because they have their preferred card or way of playing that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. But for long term uh, longevity, it it's necessary. Yeah. I mean, Magic yeah. went through the same thing where they they figured out that in order to keep you know keep the game fresh and new and keep people buying cards, you have to do rotation. I think it's in the end it's healthy. Netrunner never rotated. It it had a planned rotation like they were like 
this is rotation dates coming <laughs> and then it got, died before yeah. the first mm. rotation ever happened but so, so I just have a quick question too because like so Netrunner like like very much sounds like early 90s like late 80s early 90s not only cyberpunk stuffs because like what Neuromancer must have come out in like 87 88 it might have been earlier than that I think it was a little earlier yeah. it was, I think it was maybe like 83 or 84 85 yeah. anyways the point is but like if if Richard Garfield is very much steeped in that kind of like forward looking you know Internet is just emerging, right? 1994, yeah. internet provision goes private, um, privatized, and then people start migrating onto the net. I guess my question is, do you think like the that sort of flavor of the game has sort of, has it lasted? Has it felt outdated? Or is like the universe enough where it's like, it's just the dynamics you're looking at where like, no, like hackers still exist. Giant corporations still exist. You still need to like deception to a, to a certain degree, right? I think, I, I mean, I still find it to be, Maybe this is my cynical outlook on the world, but the idea that like giant corporations are going to take over everything to the point where they're more power than more powerful than governments, I seems very realistic to me <laughs> in the in the near future. Um, you know, they do the thing where you you plug yourself into your computer, like you can get implants that your let brain, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that let you interface more. There's a mechanic in the game where. The corporation can send like a spike through the network and do damage. Like that's how they can mm -hmm. interact with the the hacker as they're trying to hack into the servers. And so, I mean, I I feel like it's it very possibly you know it's not going to be exactly like this, but it still seems very possible to be the way things shake out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if. <laughs> There's almost a certain extent that corporations have kind of already become more powerful. Like you look at some of the global corporations that exist today and they have a lot of a lot more power than some governments, you know. Investor state dispute settlements, ISDS, folks. Go ahead and look it up. I, I would need to look that up because yeah, I have no right. idea what that is. Ben's dropping some knowledge on it. Just there it is, yeah. <laughs> Just to, to kind of wrap up here, to, to zoom out of... Uh, out of all this, out of Netrunner, out of Hearthstone, out of Magic the Gathering, you know, all of these things have had a huge impact on nerd, nerdy, nerd culture, I, I think specifically, which has seen a huge, you know, not resurgence, but a huge growth in the past 20 years now at this point, honestly. Um, but what do you think, like, the impact is that it has on, on, on popular culture? You know, you look at Magic the Gathering and you look, I mean, we, if you watch... Um, uh, Stranger Things, right? They were playing Dungeons and Dragons in that game, but I think it's kind of the same aesthetic, right? They're they're going for that, like, oh, this old, these like young nerdy kids growing up in the '80s. W what do you think that that is now? Like, how has it impacted culture? Well, Netflix just optioned Magic: The Gathering for a TV series. There you so. go. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. But see, that's just another example of Magic's like next step. It's like the next iteration. And they've probably, whoever's behind all that has been thinking about that. Like we can no longer be just a collectible card game. It has to be a, a creative universe, right? So it's going to be instead of the Marvel creative Marvel creative universe, you can now have Magic creative universe. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like you look at like, for me, right, I didn't start with Magic. I had Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and, and Pokemon. And those were things that, I think specifically you look at Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Like a show based on a literal card game that people were playing in the universe that had like real effects, like they would kill people with cards in that game. But uh, like, you know, I grew up with that. That's something that impacted my youth. And so I, I think, you know, that's gonna, you're going to keep seeing stuff like that as we move forward with these, with these card games and stuff. And hopefully like the physicalness of the games 
keep like maintain some sort of semblance in society because Hearthstone, like you said, is a digital one. There's no physical game. And I, I just I like that that interactivity and stuff. But also to your point, like the the Pokemon thing and, and Yu-Gi-Oh is is also like especially Pokemon, right? Like it's a card game, but like it's now also been movies, you know, well, been all well, sorts of other stuff. I think it was originally an anime. Pokemon? Yeah. I think it was yeah. originally yeah, yeah. an anime and then it was a card game and then the Game Boy games came out and that changed Pokemon the Pokemon landscape. I mean like the Game Boy games for Pokemon were the next thing and then they're still so, 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 so popular. And now we have Pokemon Go. Exactly. But it just seems like, you know, you start with one thing and then people tried to cut all that out. They're like, we can't put all the initial capital into like producing an anime. Mm -hmm. So we just go to design the digital thing that could be like cross-platform. That's Hearthstone, right? It's just like a collectible card game, Blizzard. It's for free. You free to play, but you just play and then you've got like cash boxes and that sort of that sort of thing. Whereas Magic like had the card game and there's all this lore. There are books and other things that are like Magic. But now you just take that creative universe and take it into the next step and try and build upon it. And I think it makes sense. Yeah. I think that's where we're headed, man. Yeah. Magic creative universe. It's coming. The the It's not the creative universe. It's the, what's it called? The Marvel the c- Cinematic Universe. Cinematic. Well, I guess that's it's right. like the, I guess it's not cinematic if it's a card See, game. Now we got to just go creative. Yeah, like cre- it's going to be across, it's going to be transmedia storytelling. Transmedia storytelling. It's that's happening. A, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> Yikes. That was a thing like a couple of years ago. Okay. Well, uh, Tim, thank you so much for being on and informing us about Netrunner and CCGs and LCGs and everything in between. Absolutely. It's been great being here. Yeah. Tim, you still play Netrunner? No. I. Uh, do you have enough cards for the three of us to play? Absolutely. I think you we play should, with three people? I think we should do it. Is it one-on-one? No, it's it's one-on-one, but I, could, right. I could build enough decks for... Round Robin. Yeah. Sure. We'll do double, it. Double elimination. Maybe, maybe we can do it on stream sometime, Ben. There you Actually, go. yeah, we'll get, get over to the stream. That'll be fun. Yeah, so check out Ben's stream, Squigs yep. HS. Squigs Twitch. HS. You can also, uh, if you if you like listening to my voice, you can also hear me on the Indie Matters podcast, which is my job. <laughs> That's what I do for work. <laughs> Got anything to plug, Tim? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch Wild Nevada. Yeah, watch Wild Nevada. Wild Nevada. It's, a it's a great sh- show. It's a TV mm-hmm. show that Tim and I work on. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this has been Residual Culture. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Some Instagram too. Instagram. Yep. Uh, you can follow our Patreon if you want to support the show. Yep. And our song, as always, is "Finder" by People with Bodies. Yes. This. I'm. I've been Joey Lovato. I've been Tim Leonard. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. Get into, into it. it. <laughs> Autumn is